Good morning, good morning, peace, my people. I Shay, what's up? It's your boy A D Q, and you're tuned into yet another episode of ADQ's Renaissance. And you know how I like to do before I get started with anything. I like to start off with the word. And my favorite book in the Bible is actually Ecclesiastes. So we're gonna go there. Ecclesiastes chapter seven, random verses. Check me out. Ecclesiastes chapter seven, verse one. A good name is better than fine perfume, and the day of one's death than the day of one's birth. I like that because I'm hoping that on my last day, when I take my last breath, my name is better than fine perfume. The name Adrian Quarles is better than not fine perfume. So I get, so I can ride with that. Um, where, uh, what else do we have here? Like I said, I love the book of Ecclesiastes. Let's see. Don't, don't, uh, chat, uh, verse nine. Don't let your spirit rush to be angry. For anger abides in the heart of fools. You never make a you should never make um, a passionate decision or a passionate call when you're mad, because you might mess around and do something stupid. You never you know. Uh verse 10. Don't say why were the former days better than these. This is not the wise of you, since it's not wise of you to ask this. Why worry about the former days? Why not uh, worry about the days that are ahead of you? You know what I'm saying? Wisdom is good as an inheritance and advantage to those who see the sun. Because wisdom is protection as money is protection. And the not and the advantage of knowledge is that wisdom preserves the life of its owner. Consider the work of God who can straighten out what he has made crooked. In the day of prosperity, be joyful. In the day of adversity, consider God has made the one as well as the other. We're tripping about this pandemic. God made the good days. God made the bad days. So surely he's going to get us through all days. So that man cannot discover anything that will come after him. <clears throat> I love starting off in the word. Um, also, you know, this is like my ninth episode. Technically, it's my 10th episode. Because yesterday was a two-parter. The day before was two-parter. This is technically my 10th episode. We have hit 104 plays. We're milestoning around this mug. And we are milestoning with a queen, my people. A queen. Her Facebook name is so sassy, but daggone, it should be so royal because whenever she enters the room, you know, you, you see purple, you hear horns, you hear flutes, you see jokers dancing, whatnot. That's how royal my guest is. Um, but before I get into her, anyone, I never addressed why the picture to my podcast is what it is. Let me explain to her. Let me explain real quick. Personally, I think it looked dope, like really, really, really dope. Well, if you look at the picture, you will see me reading to a group of kids, black kids. That's what I want to do. I want to inform and educate uh, the, the, the the ones who come behind me and the, and the ones who are with me and even the ones who are ahead of me about dope black art and dope black people. And I believe that when you know about those 
who are out here doing incredible things, that would definitely inspire those who come either with you or come behind you. And the crazy thing, and the and the and the um, and the irony of that is, my guest has her own production company called I Inspire, and I could tell you, as someone who has been watching her and knowing her since 2012, I'm very much inspired. So let's get into it, yo. Let's get into it. Um, <clears throat> she was born in the Bull City, Durham. I'm like, Dad, gone. Is there something? in the water in Durham that produces so much black dopeness. Little brother was formed in Durham. My guest last night, Miss Teresa B. Howell, she lives in Durham. Shout out to Durham. She was raped, but my guest was also raised in Oxford, North Carolina. Always believed that she would heal the world through expression. Her journey started as a child singing into hairbrushes. That starts with everybody, daggone. Even I wrapped in a few hairbrushes. Uh, my hair is nappy, uh. It led to memberships in different choirs. She went on to, to begin her college career, first majoring in voice for the singer, later changing her major to the arts with a concentration in acting. My guest got her Bachelor of Arts from the University of North Carolina, Greensboro, Spartans, what up? While there, she absorbed acting, directing, dance, film, and playwriting classes. She took advantage of opportunities to do drama within and outside of college to gain as much knowledge and experience as she could in the field. You gotta be a sponge in this. You gotta be a sponge. Let me continue. Among her theatrical acting credits are Death in the King's Horseman, A Mother's Prayer, For Colored Girls Who Have Committed Suicide When the Rainbow Is Enough, Big River, The Story of Tom and Huck, and many more. Upon graduation, my guess, was already directing small pieces written by greats, such as my, so my most favorite writer ever, literary god to me, August Wilson, uh, Zo, uh, uh, Tozaki, Tozaki Change, and Tennessee Williams, as well as her very own. She began to explore writing and developed it, thus paving the way for her flagship production, Sight Chronicle. Man's transformation from darkness to light. We are going to get into Psych Chronicles, and um, you're and if you're innocent, listen to this. You're not you're not going to be innocent anymore after you listen to if you when at night after you hear about Psych Chronicles. Um, it was accepted into the Readers Theater of the National Black Theater Festival and reviewed by the public as well as national and international performing artists snap 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 them she started her own arts company I Inspire Productions in 2013 and has written and directed a host of original plays in 2014 she worked as a writer and director at the International Civil Rights Museum on a grant in partnership with Arts Greensboro, she also partnered with Art with the Arts for Arts for Justice Poets. Shout out to A4J, my big sister runs that mug. What Keisha? What Kiki? Tell Scott she's still fired. To produce a stage play entitled February once again, the Evol the evolution of a dynasty. Ooh, we gotta know about that one. This production was created through the collaboration of 
uh, different poems submitted by the community and then transformed into play script format. My guest has also written and produced six other stage productions. Among these credits, direct, produced and directed are If It Doesn't Kill Me and the historical piece entitled Coffin and Lane Stories of Slavery and Abolition. She later wrote and produced a musical entitled A Meeting in Morocco Mysteries of Blackness. In 2016, that play went up at the Odeon Theater at the Greensboro Coliseum. Beautiful theater. She released her first film in February 2019 entitled I Am Sarah Bartman. She is also anticipating the release of her first full-length novel later this year. Ain't no pandemic gonna hold that back. She gonna make it. She gonna make it rain on, up on that mug. She adores directing and coaching actors and writers of all ages and skill levels. Though her passion, though her passion is for the arts, she is focused on uh, disparities in the communities in the community, the black community, and believes she can help heal the masses. Yeah, she can. She very much can. And inspiring positive change and invoking awareness. It's not let. Oh, <laughs> and invoking awareness. Ladies and gentlemen, my guest is the incomparable, the inspirational, the incredible. See all the eyes I put together? <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Miss Tamika Allen. <laughs> Hi, um, hey ADQ, can you hear me good? I can hear you perfectly, Queen. How you doing? I am great. I'm great. Thank you so much for that. Thank you for thank you for uh thank you for blessing us with your presence and your intellect. Oh look, another eye. Thank you for uh blessing us with your presence and your intellect and your story and uh, just your time. Thank you very much, Tamika. I'm so honored. So we uh so after reading all of that, there's a little there's one little part that there's one part that I that we would like to get a little uh, more detail for, and that is we know that um the story of Tamika Allen starts in the Bull City, and the raising of uh, Tamika Allen occurs in Oxford. But take a but take us to uh take us to that take us to your beginnings, like. What made you pick up that hairbrush and start singing to it? <laughs> okay, so um, yeah, I was only born in long. I went straight to Oxford, but um, um, my parents, my mother and my father and my stepfather, uh, they all sang. So um, my dad, he also played the drums and we were a very musical family. My mother wrote um so um my father also wrote music so that's where i began the poetry and then the poetry evolved into writing stories and not not little short novelettes as i was growing up and then when i went to school you know of course naturally i leaned more towards music and then um the more that I got into the music at UNCG was mostly opera. And like, you know, opera is wonderful. It's a pillar um, in singing for me, but that's not what I wanted to do with my the rest of my life. 
Um, so, you know, God was like, you need to change your major to, to drama. And I was like, drama? And, and it's the best thing that ever happened to me. So that's how all of that kind of started. Okay, so what made you choose UNCG? Shout out to Spartans and shout out to Spartans. Uh, what made you, you what made you choose UNCG and not Bennett or AT or uh, Central or heck, dare I say Duke? Yuck, Duke, but yeah, Duke. um, uh, UNCG, um. I have began to hear a lot about it from a friend and UNCG is very diverse. Like it's not just, just us, which we're beautiful, but I wanted to, I wanted to experience diversity and uh, different points of views. So we know that UNCG is one of the most diverse schools you know, out there, people from all walks of life, all sexes, all all races, all, you know, uh, preferences, all different kinds of skill levels. It's like, it's definitely, they don't think one way. They think so many different ways. And I think it's important, you know, as an artist to be open to all kinds of thinking and diverse uh, diversity. So that's one of the reasons why I went to UNCG. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna speak to that real quick. Number one, I remember back in 2016, I was burnt out from Guilford College. I was like, I can't handle I can't handle this private school life. It's too expensive, and these kids are too <laughs> weird. No judgment. I'm weird <laughs> too. Um, but I decided to transfer. When I put in my transfer, I uh, put in the transfer to A&T and UNCG. And it was for that exact reason why I chose UNCG. Shout out to all HBCUs. Oh, yeah. They need more support. They need we more love. love. <laughs> for obvious reasons, I couldn't go. I can't go to Bennett College. <laughs> if I went there, that'd be a mess. <laughs> but what I'm getting at is it was for that diver- it was th- for that reason of diversity why I chose UNCG. And here's how the diversity panned out for me. And produced my, I wrote uh, my play Time. And it was originally like a workshop mm-hmm. piece when I was there. White people were showing me love. Uh, a, a Romanian guy, my man, uh, Lauren mm-hmm. Kaplan. Dude showed him bad love, a whole lot of love. Um, um, I used black students in it. Black, black students were showing the love. One white dude once saw me walking. He said, hey, man, I can't wait to see what you write next. Uh, my man, Lauren, my man, uh, Ralph Jones, Roman, Romanian guy, mm-hmm. white guy. They were actually at my man, Josh, a uh, black black actor. He was telling me how much how he felt about it. So that is uh, that is the great amount of diversity that comes with uh, UNCG. And that's how it could be very uh, profitable um, as one grows in their artistic journey. So, while you were at UNCG, you at one point or another found yourself under the tutelage of one Brian Conger, correct? Brian Conger. <laughs> Brian Conger. I never, I never did any classes with Brian Conger, but you cannot go to UNCG and not know who he is. 
in the theater department. Um, Brian Conger worked on uh, shows that I was in um, and he had a presence about him. He always was a teacher and very uh, he, he wasn't ashamed or afraid to, to let his points come across. He was very artistic when it came to that. But he was very giving of his knowledge per se if I could say anything about Brian so I didn't really get a chance to study under him but you know I, I always noticed his presence so I did get a chance to work with him you see uh, he was uh, a guest a guest director over at Guilford College once during the J term mm-hmm. right and that we were doing was Godspell. Okay. Um, we were originally supposed to do Rent. Yeah, we were originally supposed to do Rent, but for whatever reason, we were not able to do so, so we did... Oh, yeah, uh, not enough dudes showed up. That's why. Um, so, um, so we ended up doing Godspell. And Brian, Mr. Conger is a trip. Uh, he does have a press about him. Great guy, mm-hmm. great guy. Um, I, I know that I know that he leaned uh, he leaned upon very much his Presbyterian background when we did Godspell. At one point during rehearsal, right, he said because there's a Trumpel's character in it, kind of like a, a mockery of Donald Trump. He said, <laughs> "Who would feel comfortable playing Donald Trump?" I raised my hand so fast, and he looked at me and said. It will be funny, an African American man playing of Donald Trump. Did. So I ended up in Trump. I said, "Of so course, what? you raised your hand." <laughs> yeah. So uh, we made that happen. I remember once. I remember once during um, during it was a snow day, right? And and the classes were canceled. All the kids were so. All the kids. I was the oldest one in the play. All the kids were so excited. They were like, "Yes, no class, no class." Brian, go go and yell out, you still got rehearsal, biatches. <laughs> That's him. <laughs> it is. And another mentor of yours, another mentor of yours that um, I've learned recently is a man who is becoming a mentor of mine, Mr. Andre Minkins. Oh, okay. Yeah, Minkins. Um yeah, Mr. Minkins, I did a show for him years ago, um, A Mother's Prayer with uh, Johnny Gill. Um, uh, what's that lady's name? Um, trying to remember these names. Johnny Gill, uh, the singer that sung um, As We Slept the Night Away, uh, what's her name? Johnny Gill, former, new, former former member of New yes. Edition, Johnny Gill. Um, the lady off Boomerang, the one that was with, um, I cannot think of their names right now. Robin Gibbons, Robin Gibbons, Johnny Gill, and Shirley Murdoch. I I was on a stage play with those with those three, but I was just in chorus. But hey, it was just cool to be in their presence, and I got a chance to meet with them and stuff. So that's how I met Mr. Minkins. So I'm gonna tell you how small this world is, right? You know how at the beginning of the play, I mean at the beginning of this podcast, this episode, I explained where um the where the picture 
of the podcast came from. Mm-hmm. Check this out. Check this out. This is how I met Mr. Minkins. That picture was taken at a daycare that I used to work at, Calvary Kids Academy. Mm-hmm. Shout out to them. Oh, by Mr. Minkins and his wife, Miss mm-hmm. Alicia. It that was taken at the daycare that they own. Oh, okay, okay. And that's how I met him because his wife knew that I was very much in the theater, and um, and we knew we knew that we needed to connect and on some type of mentor men, uh, mentor project relationship. And once I get back in school, I'm headed toward I'm headed to Winston State where he's at. So, so. You met. You went to uh, UNCG, learned all this stuff from all the, learned all this stuff from these um, dope uh, professors and educators, and then you graduate. What was your original plans upon graduating? Uh, I wanted to go to New York or go to LA and start acting, but um, I uh, plans plans changed. And I was directing, even after I finished UNCG, the students were still calling on me to help them with their directing projects or with their acting projects. So I was still working on campus. Like they just did not want to let me go. <laughs> so I start. I, I kind of started to pull away after a year and I began to like work on my own productions in the community and I began to write, you know, more. So, you know, here um, now I have a lot of plays up under my belt, writing and stuff. I didn't know that, you know, that I would become a writer of plays. You know what I'm saying? I didn't know that it would end up like this, but I guess God didn't allow me to go to New York as of yet or LA as of yet because he wanted to he wanted to to show me that there was more that I could get from the arts and that I could be gleaned in and trained in. So um, that's where I am now. So, you know, I can pick up and go right now because I've already like, you know, gotten as much as I can from from the arts and I'm pretty sure there's more that I need to get you know I want to go back to school um I just um came back into the life of Mr. Minkins like I see I worked with him years ago on that one show and then here recently I am in contact with him and he's been helping me get into grad school so um so yeah here's where I am again so you know I, you know, I was able to pick up a whole lot, you know, after school all these years, and now I'm ready to go get some more because it's it's so much more that you can glean, you know, from education. The true, the truest artists, the truest artists who really take, who really um, embrace and take their craft seriously, never stop true. learning. You can't, you can never like sit on top of a mountain and say, mm, I know this, I know that. No, you're, you're, exactly. you're forever learning. And, and I'm going to, and I'm going to, um, I'm going to be honest about something. 
I did not realize some, I did not realize that when we first met, when I first came into the journey that is uh, Miss Tamika Allen, when we first met, I had a few plays, mostly mostly plays that are done by Caucasians up under my belt. I always walk around here like King Tut, like, yeah, I know this, that, the other, and stuff. But it was a humbling experience for me back in 2015 that I realized, no, I do not know everything that I think I know. I don't. I still have a ton to learn. <clears throat> but what brought me into your world was an opening for this. This is where kids, this is where it gets NC-17. <laughs> Go ahead and watch SpongeBob. Um, what brought me into your world was an opening that you had for your play, The Sight Chronicles. Please, please, in the most rawest form that you possibly can do, tell the tell the listeners, tell me what was the inspiration, the writing process behind. Wow, Sight Chronicles, Man's Transformation from Darkness to Light. Um, My inspiration for that show, um, well, I guess let me tell you a little bit about the show, then that way I can tell you my inspiration for it. Um, That show is about real-life topics. Um, Addiction to lust, um addiction um when it comes to uh drugs and alcohol abuse um subjects that center around ptsd uh police brutality it's just like a whole smorgasbord of of issues and things that that people deal with on a daily basis and how we cope or we don't cope or we cope in a positive way or we cope in a negative way and how it all leads us to God and needing God to help us through our addiction and to help us through our our troubles and I know you spoke of it being very raw you know and that's something that that I like to bring to the stage and that is the the pure unadulterated truth if you're gonna have a struggle of lust and addiction to to lust then the audience needs to see what that looks like feels like smells like they need to see it in order to connect with it because you know when we are addicted it's not it's not pretty when we are when we are going through Mm-mm. tumultuous times and you know when we have been br- brutalized by police it's not beautiful it's not appealing and I feel like I would be doing an injustice if I didn't show you the reality of what things are so my inspiration comes from from who I who people that I love people that I care about myself different um uh, struggles that I've had within myself and and uh, all kinds of of trials and tribulations that I've been through and people that have been through and you know I just want to provide 
the answer. You know, we all go through so much in life and we all we all see people that hurt and we want to help them. We want to reach out to them, but we have to go to somebody that's bigger than all of us. And that is God. And he's the only way, you know, that we can make it through. He's the only one that can show us, you know, well, this is the route you need to take. You need to get counseling. You need to deal with this. You need to talk to this person. You need to you know, get rid of these habits and things of that nature. You know, he's the one that can heal, you know, and it takes all of us to reach out to him. It takes all of us to reach out to each other, you know, and heal. So I guess that would be my inspiration for that particular play. Um, It was my very first flagship production, my very first full length play. Um, And, you know, that play came about, I'm just remembering now, about a dream that I had. Um, So the play came from that dream. And the dream was about a well, which is is talked about in the uh, play as well. So when you see the play, you'll understand, you know, but that's pretty much where it all came from. I hope I answered that right. <laughs> you answered it perfectly, Tamika. You answered it perfectly. So I'm going to get into a couple of your other works real uh, in a minute. But I will tell you this. I have noticed a pattern. You see, again, 2000 and, 2012, 2013, when we first met. It was 2013 when we first met. And for the viewing audience out there, I mean, for the listening audience out there, Tamika is so, so daggone committed to helping out her her fellow artists, especially those who are up and coming, that this woman, I used to like come from Winston-Salem on the park bus uh, every, uh, every Thursday, and she would give me a ride all the way back to Winston on uh, every Thursday. Now... Uh, now I know that some people commute to Winston um, from Greensboro to Winston a lot. Greensboro to Winston, you know, there's 30 minutes between, but that's a that could be a very long 30 minutes drive. <laughs> yeah, right? it's, it's right? okay so, though. I, I didn't mind. But, but my point is when I came when I came into the picture. I completely misunderstood the whole thing. I was like, uh, heck, how old was I? I was like 26, 27. Number one, number one, I had been so Euro-sized in my mindset that I was like, that I was thinking any black play is probably going to be something urban, ghetto, Tyler Perry, (laughs) rip off all of that and I was thinking and I was thinking to be honest and I was mm-hmm. thinking I was understudy right I was oh my god Tamika is totally sleeping on me but now that I'm 34 I'm older and I've been doing this more and more and more I realized something I realized something understudies is what they do in the professionals all of the time they do that on Broadway all the time there are people who are understudying, which is basically an internship, they ain't gonna see no sage time unless 
the main unless the contracted character of the, the contracted actor was playing a particular character um can't make the production mm-hmm. for whatever reason the understudy is the understudy's job to take the initiative no it's the understudy's job to learn that role and be ready to go at any point but the understudy could very much benefit from being in rehearsals learning about the entire play being available to run lines with the with, right. the, with the main cast and stuff right I didn't realize that I did not realize that at that time I didn't I thought that I was being downgraded big time when I wasn't and another pattern that I've noticed with your plays your plays do not reflect the Tyler Perry play you know they don't reflect any of these Tyler Perry knockoffs they don't reflect the chilling circuit none of that you look at your plays Tamika and I see something that I've been wanting to see on stage for a long time from us I am seeing deep 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 powerful black stories that is the pattern that I am seeing that's what that is what uh Psych Chronicles does it 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 airs dirty black laundry that needs to be oh, wow. aired um, would you agree <laughs> thank you so much um I don't you know I don't want to be a carbon copy of anybody's plays I want to you know I I didn't want to ever really do the chitlin circuit as you talked about you know there's a place for all of that Matt respect to Tyler Perry and anybody wants to do that genre but you know I wanted to set myself aside and um and just be who I am be true to who I am um so yeah um I guess yeah you um you described it perfectly um but you know that's that's just not my style the the chitlin circuit I can get down with it from time to time but you know God has given me a different ministry when it comes to the stage and he's given me a different approach to to um I guess to market to uh, people you know what I'm saying so you know we can't all be doing the same thing you know it's it's something special within all of us something special that God wants to work through all of us so you know um, thank you so much for that compliment I'm like blown away Um, and you know that's exactly what I wanted to do is to stand out and be different Well, first of all, I'm going to tell you the same thing I told Black, John Black, same thing I told my man, Donnell Bruce, well, uh, 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 Nico Williams, well, heck, both of them, saying, I tell everybody this, I'm giving you your flowers while you're alive. I'm giving you, a, I'm giving you your flowers while you are vertical. That's what I believe to the core of me in doing. And if I think you dope, I'm going to tell you to your face that you are dope, Tamika, and that's what you are. You are dope. Because we live in a society where it is the easiest thing to see the trend or the trend or the way things are working and just fall in line. The stand out and separate yourself takes a very, a very gutsy step. And that's exactly what you're doing. 
because a meeting in Morocco, mysteries of blackness. I mean, who in the world was talking about who in the world was talking about this stuff back in 2014, 2015, 2016? Yeah, 2016, my bad. 2016. Who was talking about this stuff? This was before Black Panther. Everybody started putting on their dashikis and calling themselves woke during Black Panther. But you were before your time. You uh you saw the power in telling these African stories about our ancestors prior to that. So can you please describe again the inspiration and the process into oh, a wow. meeting in Morocco? Okay, thank you. Um a number of things. Um at the time, you know, if you I'll put it this way, if you've ever known me, ADQ, um I always want to bring light to our people. I love our people. I mean, I love all people, but we are the most uncelebrated. We have so many unsung heroes. And I dedicated the mysteries of blackness to those unsung heroes. Norbert Ryu, Mae Jemison, all of these people that have given so much on behalf of the black community you know and that have been totally overlooked and and not heard of you know we invented so much and we've never received the we've never received the rights to what we've invented you know we we don't get the the notoriety we don't get we don't get noticed we don't you know someone takes it and says it's theirs you know I know inventors now that have invented so many things but they don't get they don't get the you know they don't get the glory for that you know and it's ridiculous and so I wanted to take you know I want to take my time and I want to take my art and I want to take my expression and honor us you know, that is what God has called me to do. And and th- this doesn't take from any other race. This doesn't take from any other people, but it's time to celebrate us. And so that was my inspiration for um, a meeting in Morocco, Mysteries of Blackness. At the time, you know, because I had been so open to diversity, I began to take on different friends. You know, I have a friend that was that's from Morocco. Her name is Fatima Eve. And... Um, and I began to learn a lot about her culture. And, you know, I was able to, you know, bring in the dance, you know, the Arabic dancing and all kinds of dancing from Africa and, and things of that nature and, and music and, and um, you know, the message. It was just beautiful. So I would just say, you know, you know, I'm just basically, I'm basically following my calling and what I was predestined to do. You know, these are things that God put inside of me, the love that I have for our people, you know, for all people, you know, I have love for all people, but the love that I have for our people and, and making sure that we're put on the front lines because of all the things that we bring to this world, you know, this world would be lost without us. We are the we are the map we are the 
I, I don't even know how to say it without us this world would be lost you know we are the blueprint we are the blueprint so mm-hmm. I mean everything that is done is always is being compared to what and how we do you know we we have we have the skin the skin tone we have the body you know everybody wants to be like us so but we're not we're not celebrated you know we're put down in it but yet and still everybody wants to be us so it is my life's journey it is my life's task to to bring light to us and to celebrate us because if we don't celebrate ourselves no one else will If we don't celebrate ourselves and we don't teach these kids to celebrate us, we will have these kids. And I had this conversation with my man Born King uh, last week. If we don't if we don't uh, teach the kids to celebrate us, they'll be looking to someone who's not us to teach them about us. So that is what we that is our responsibility as a people. And I'm loving how you have taken up that responsibility and put and dramatized it. That's a beautiful thing. Like, I'm gonna tell you this, Tamika. Your the name of your company is I Inspire. You inspire me because here I am. I'm coming I'm coming up, uh, I'm coming up as a play as an actor, playwright behind you, and I'm looking at and I'm looking at what you and I'm looking at this stuff that you have done for the culture and I'm saying to myself and I'm looking at things that I've written and I'm like yo that's what I'm trying to do Tamika's basically paving the way for me <laughs> oh my god does that yeah, make sense ADQ um, you, you, keep, you keep a sister blushing over here but um, I'm trying sir I'm trying um, I'm Go trying ahead, yeah, and I'm glad that you are definitely working in your craft and I'm proud of you you know got your podcast you're working on your directing skills your writing skills you're getting out there and that's the thing about art you know there's no rules you know what i'm saying when it comes to to creating and things of that nature i mean there are rules but there you know what i mean so uh you know the more you put yourself out there the more you learn the more you gather and glean from other people and i just say keep going keep expressing yourself that's how we that's how we breathe that's how we live i have so much respect for my fellow thespians you know and yeah well thank you for that thank you for that and yeah the more you that's true the more you put yourself out there the more you allow yourself to be open-minded and receptive to receptive to learning learning from those above you learn from those with you and you may even learn a thing or two from those behind you you just might i mean people who i've learned from i mean people that i learned from who are uh like five six seven eight nine ten years younger than me while i was at guilford college and uncg and some of the people who i've worked with who went to A&T plenty so um, so tell me so tell me this what keeps you, what keeps you going like what keeps you saying what keeps you saying yo I got I'm gonna do this I'm gonna do that I'm gonna do this uh, I'm gonna do that what keeps you going I love what I do 
it's my opportunity. It's my opportunity to breathe. Um, art has saved my life in so many ways. Um, creating has saved my life in so many ways. Like being now in this quarantine, it's really hard. It's really hard being in quarantine because it's made me sit down and I can't go out and create. I can't go out and get on a set and direct. I can't go out and, um, oh my God, Facebook is going crazy right now. But, um, but, you know, it's hard because I love to create. Um, I love to create. So, you know, it's, it's not, it's, um, that's that's all I can say as far as you know why I'm no um um but yeah that's it's it's how I breathe ADQ you know doing this writing directing and 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 acting and you know just being in the mix is how I breathe and I know that you feel me on that because you know we, we always got to find ourselves in something you know, and you know, it's just it's it's just too much work out there. You know, when you said something about you said something before that kind of um got to me. It's like you know, you learn and you glean from other people. Through by acting and through by writing and directing, I've learned so much from myself. I've learned so much about myself that I didn't even know. So you know, it's therapeutic that's the word the arts and acting in the arts and writing and directing to me is just therapeutic and I need my therapy it is very therapeutic because when I did time I talk a lot about time because time is my baby I workshopped it I produced it I directed it I paid for it I acted in it Miss Angie Williams told me that it was one of my best performances that she's ever seen ever seen me do. Well, I was basically playing myself. Um, but it's therapeutic because when I wrote Time, I wrote Time at mm-hmm. the end of one of the most traumatic years of my entire life, right? Um, during 2017, I had uh, I was on academic probation, which led to academic suspension. I was jobless for most of the year. I was evicted. Um, I was almost killed by cops. I was, I lost my mo. I lost like probably the best girlfriend I've ever had in my entire life. The love of my life. I, uh, yo, like three weeks before we broke up, we were talking about possibly getting married one day. I lost her. I was ready to either take some sleeping pills or throw myself off a bridge or put a gun to my head head, and check out. I was done with life completely. I wrote time and you listen to you. If you, if you ever watch time, I share the link. Like it's crazy. You ever watch time. That's, that's how, that's how my character is. He is completely suicidal. The one person who tries to show some love to him intervene in his life. He's just cussing her out all throughout the place. Um, and um, 
And it was therapeutic for me because I was able to get past that season in my life and lean upon God to stretch me and get me to where it is that um, he wants me to be. And I'm still and I'm still on that journey to, to this very day. So mm-hmm. anyone who doesn't think that the arts is therapeutic, they are tripping. They oh, are yeah. tripping and bumping their head on the road. Yeah. On the road, it is very therapeutic. So, so tell me this, Tamika. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> you say that you you said that you've learned things about yourself, right? Did you ever think, with your advanced theatrical background, that you will fully narrate and talk, and would you that you would fully narrate and talk? and tell a story uh, of a 10-minute film. Did you ever think that you would do that? I had plans to do so. Um, I just... it. Someone told me, um, you know, about about uh, this film that we're about to talk about. Um, I actually wrote a, a narrative. It wasn't a film at the time. It was just a narrative more so like a monologue and um someone said that sounds like a movie you need to turn this into a movie and I was like oh okay so I sat on it for years I believe I wrote that I wrote that movie in like 2013 I wrote that narrative in 2013 and um, I let it sit. And every two or three years, someone would say, what are you doing with that narrative? You know, you need to do a movie with that. And it wasn't until 2019, I should say 2018, that I began to take action and do it. And this was at a time where I went through probably the hardest time of my life. I had lost, I had lost a lot of people some I lost to death and and then I had lost one of my best friends um that was like all it all happened at one time you know losing losing a couple brothers that were really really close to me and then losing my best friend I it was just I was at that point where I I wasn't suicidal I just didn't want to live you know um I I knew that there were a lot of people depending on me, you know, so um, I couldn't go anywhere, you know, anyways, but I just didn't want to be alive. Um, That movie, that film saved my life. You know, at the time I was so depressed. I had, I was like 300 pounds. I, you know, I was sick, you know, I was just, I wasn't Tamika, but, um, but that film saved my life because that was the only way that I could feel um, relief because other than that, life was just pain and I hated it. But whenever I would be working with that film, it took the pain away and eventually, eventually I became more and more and more and more healed every time I would, you know, take part in it. So when you see that movie, you see that pain 
that movie I Am Sarah Bartman and even though she and I have different stories I can I can relate to her on so many levels so many levels Mm -hmm. so you know so you know um, I want to I want to do what society says and say I'm sorry that you had to go through all that and part of me is saying, I'm sorry you had to go through all that. But another part of me is saying, I'm glad that you've grown to be so much stronger after all that. And one yeah. thing about us artists, we are tor- we are tortured souls. But one thing about one thing about us is we know how to take pain and put it into um, the necessary the necessary medium because. Our greatest art piece, our greatest performance, yes, whatever I can agree. come from that pain. Would you agree? And I'm gonna tell you the same thing I told John Black the other day. Um, when I am when I'm watching someone act, when I'm watching a performance, I can tell the difference. It's a gift that I have. I can tell the difference from someone who is just reciting lines that they memorized and someone who is in that moment, in the story, really in character. I could tell from watching the film that that was you. You are not, you said you weren't Tamika. No, you were not Tamika. You channeled all of the pain that you were going through at that time into this cat into this person who actually existed and you were able to fully bring out her story so why did you choose okay, Sarah Bartman um, to talk about what does she mean that. what does um, she mean to you but Sarah Bartman okay when I look back over the movie that I did I realized that I missed a lot when it comes to factual information. There is more that I could have added to to that particular story. You know, <laughs> there's so much more. Just the, even the the, the church the, uh, just even Mandela. If you take Mandela for instance, he was the one that begged and pleaded for her body you know back from the people you know um so you know i would have included that but at the time when i wrote it information was always changing and i i got what i could but it it really hurt me about the inner struggle that she went through and all the things that she felt when she was being exploited and enslaved like how does one process all of that so i stopped beating myself up about not having all of the facts and i remembered that i wanted to concentrate on the the process of within like being able to you know the things that she was feeling while they were looking at her and making her dance naked and dressing her up like an animal like how does that how does that make a human feel 
you know and so that's what i zeroed in on you know that's what i you know focused on was her inner struggle and her inner pain and i wanted that to to be glorified as far as you know her story like i wanted to pay attention to that aspect of her story um so yeah Sarah, I am Sarah Bartman. That is my heart. That is, you know, if you want to know the pain, if you want to feel the pain that she went through, if you want to feel the joy that she went through, that's what that film is all about. I know that there's more. Yes, the sequel should come. You know, I would love to do a remake of the movie, you know, Um, but for now, I thank God for it because it has been a savior for me. And, you know, like I said, that pain, that was real pain, you know, and and that joy was real joy because it was a time that she remembered um, before she was taken and exploited, you know, before her life changed forever, before her life was stolen basically from her, you know, and even after death, it didn't belong to her, you know. So, um, it's, you know, I, God helped me to capture the pain because I was in so much pain. So I feel like, you know, what I did was a blessing to her and for her. It is my blessing to her. It is my way that I pay homage to what she's been through and how she has inspired me to be better. Well, I'm glad that I'm glad that you were able to have that experience. One thing about the film though that I saw that really drew my attention. One thing, one thing that great directors and writers do Mm -hmm. is they are constantly using the same people right whenever you put something up (laughs) yeah i'm going to see jackie and terrell sanders in some way right (laughs) i might i might see teronza graves but one person who i saw in the film i know she has theater in her because she's seen me in a couple plays. She saw time and wanted to slap me for it. <laughs> yeah. Um, is my big sister, Keisha. Now I've known Keisha forever. Keisha Remember, um, I mean, how did that happen? Keisha uh and I teamed up and we did February once again, um, um years ago. So me and Keisha, we we we've all, we've been way back. We went way back. And um Honestly, ADQ, if I had known you were around, I had like, I had invited so many people to be a part of this film. And only a few showed up. Some had to work. Some had other prior engagements. Some had, some just didn't make it. Some just said, they said that they would do it. And some said, you know what, I ain't going. 
So if I had known, I was looking for more black kings and queens to be a part of this. I really was. And if I had known that you were around or were interested, I would have I would have called you to. I needed people, but it was just so hard to to get everybody there, you know. And at the time that that we shot it, it had been raining or whatnot and we wasn't sure if we was going to still be able to do it but we came out there anyway you know I had already you know prepaid the, for the day and everything and I said well, we're going to do this and the Lord held back the rain and and we were able to shoot it and it was beautiful it was beautiful so to me I'm going to tell you I'm going to tell you this I'm gonna tell you this, and this is for future preferences. And I could say this to be a bit of an elephant in the room. Um, you had me in two of your projects, and I quit both of them. Now, uh, first of all, publicly, I want to apologize for that. I want to apologize because because of who I was at those times. I was a guy saying, "Yo, I done this play. I done that play. I done that play." Shoot, I ain't got no time for this. No, I was tripping. I was tripping big time. I did not see the power in what you were doing. And there is power. They are stories that need to be told. They are stories that we need to know, that our children need to know, that our elders need to know. They are, you want to talk about, hey, I'm woke? This will wake you wide up. So I apologize for that. And I will tell and. Any, whenever you, uh, uh, for future references, present references, whatever, you need me, hit me up, you got me. Anyone will tell you my level of commitment. You put me in the play, anyone will tell you my level of commitment. Uh, Miss Angie Williams even said, Miss Angie Williams even said that. I'm paraphrasing, well, but she said that she could count on me. Well, someone who doesn't have a car, I, I truly, or those who do have a car. It's okay. I accept your and, apology. Um, um oh, one ahead. one thing that you have to realize about me is I don't put no mess on stage or on film. And I'm not saying that what you did was mess. I'm just saying, you know, it's got to be right. You know what I'm saying? So if I need to, um. If I need to work with a person longer, I will. You know, there's been other people that have been a part of my productions. And I say, you know what? Let me train you first so that you, we can both understand each other. Because I don't think that there's bad actors and whatnot. I just think that there's a communication. If you can understand what I'm saying and I can understand what you're saying, then we can work something out. We can make it happen. But sometimes you know you when you're working with different directors you need to to you know to learn their way and what they're trying to say so that you know i wanted to make sure that i could convey different things to you so that i could get the finishing desired product that i want for that it doesn't take away from the actor being good or doesn't take away from the actor being bad or anything like that it's all about communication so the one thing that i will do is if i see something that's not working i'll say you know um, let me work with you. And, and you know, what people don't realize is that I'm, I will actually train you. Let me train you 
you know, and, you know, this is what I went to school for, you know, and I've given other actors, you know, opportunities like, you know what, let me train you. You need this training and I'm going to bring you bring you up to par and you're going to be a better actor or a better actress, you know, for that, you know, but a lot of people saw that as something that me that they saw that as as a as, as if I was putting them down or something. No, I see something in you, and I can see how 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 much better you can be. And I wanna I wanna give to you from my knowledge, and I wanna help you to be better. You know, so you know some people will see that and be like, oh no, she doesn't she doesn't see how dedicated I am, and she doesn't see how good I am. I see how great you are. It's just that for 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 this particular role, you know, it has to be. It has to be, you know, it has to be right because I'm not going to have my actors, you know, just looking any old kind of way on stage. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, I'm looking out for the both of us. So, you know, I hope I said that in a tasteful way and and I'm in no means um, undercutting anything that you do. You know, the first show that we did, you were an understudy. And, and like you said, you didn't understand that what an understudy truly was, you know, but I mean, and that's cool. And then for the next one, the next, I knew what I wanted for, for that play. And I know that sometimes when I'm teaching, it's hard for actors to go there because they actually have to get in touch with those feelings and they have to become they have to become that person and sometimes that that uh that process is very arduous and it's very frustrating because they have to let everything go and they have to become that person or become that character so you know that's not always easy and it's not always fun so You know, you know what I say. What I say. What I say. There is you on call. What I came with back in 2012, a mess. That uh, 2013, a mess. I'll do it for you. It was a mess because do you know how I many? Do you know how long it it took me to realize that I do my best acting when I am calm and solemn and chill instead of like yelling all the daggone time. That was my go-to at the time. All of my acting teachers told me that. And also, I mean, if I was to look to someone, if I needed to look to someone for some coaching or a little or some training or whatnot, shoot, definitely you're on the list because you are coming from a program that has sent people to Broadway. You are coming from a program that has a top-notch nationwide, nationwide, uh, probably worldwide respected BFA program that has sent people to Broadway. My man Josh, who I talked to last year, I mean last year, last week, will tell you all about it. Now it's not a now it's not for everybody, but anybody who is coming to you with all that they've learned over the years, plus the UNCG system of training and teaching actors, you know, you need to just sit down Take your pen and pad out and listen. And again, me, I'm the type of person, I'll admit where I'm wrong. I did not see that at the time. But I say thank you very much for all the attempts that you have uh, made, um, that you made towards me and made my way and stuff. 
Um, and now I do see your pieces for the pieces of art. And I see your attempts for what they for what they are. And I, I, I will also tell you this: when I did time, wow, the only cast member of time who I did not have to replace is myself. I had there's three and there's three people in the cast. I had replaced one. I had replaced one lady because she was very uncomfortable with the script. And she did not like that I was using music, mm-hmm. which is probably not the wisest thing to do. But hey, first time, right? But she didn't like that. I had replaced the leading lady because she got, <laughs> Lord Jesus, she got drunk oh, wow. and so hungover that she could not make rehearsal, which was two weeks before the show. Yes. So that's another reason why I'm apologizing. I apologize to any director for any time I was a pain in the butt because I get it. I had, uh, when I was directing Airbnb Butchery, I had actress who did not understand my directorial style, Karma, kicking me in my butt. She wow. did not understand my directorial style and she walked out in the middle, uh, in the middle of rehearsal. So when we actually put the play <laughs> up, she she was regretting it. I'm like, yeah, you should regret it because I know what I'm doing. Um, thankfully though, when it came to time, I had two top-notch boss-level actresses, one with a live experience, Miss Harriet Burnett, who knew how to play, who knew how to play a motherly, godly figure, and one uh Letitia Hines, who was just a straight up powerhouse. This woman found out that she oh, had wow. death in the family just 10 minutes before the show started and she went out there and she killed it. So so I say all that to say being a director and being a producer is a struggle. <laughs> and any oh, and, wow. and cursed be the <laughs> well, person. Yeah. We live and we learn ADQ and um and it's definitely not easy being a director because you know, you have to deal with work schedules. You have to deal with people coming, people not coming, people not calling, letting you know that they're going to be late. You know, all kind of things. And that's the mindset here in in the triad. I'm realizing that, you know, you know, some people just throw it to the side sometimes. But, you know, I know when I was going to UNCG, if we were late, man, you would get blackballed. You know, you had to have like, um, you you had to have like oh. an airtight alibi. You know, you was held down at gunpoint or something, or you were just so sick that you was rushed to the hospital. Man, they didn't play that one bit. But, um, yeah, <laughs> um, you know, the, the mindset is different here in the triad. And plus, you know, you have working adults and adults that are dealing with so many different um, struggles so you know it's not easy being a director and you know I would say to any adult who cannot fully commit who cannot fully commit to a a director's (laughs) rehearsal schedule it's the simplest thing in the world Go out for the play. Can't fully commit. Don't sign up. 
that would save yeah, that would save yourself so and true. everybody a lot of time and a bunch so, of and headaches and whatnot. So, so there's another person as we start to wrap this up. There's another person that I've noticed. Um, in the film, who Sylvia? Um, well, Sylvia actually is not in the um, film. Sylvia Bass. Sylvia, Sylvia opened for the premiere of the film. Um, she, oh, uh, we had a premiere at uh, Breathe Cocktail Lounge in Kernersville, North Carolina, and um, she danced. Uh, she did some African dance, and she modeled in our African um, fashion show. So. Um, She's. I would have had her in the film had I known her then. I didn't know her when we shot the film, but I was blessed to to meet her afterwards. So you know, after um, you know, after the film. So yeah, um, she did. She wasn't in the film, but she did premiere premiere for the film. And so I'm going to share how Sylvia Bass came into my crazy contorted world. She has in, she has recently brought me into the lock. Culture. Oh really? I've been let I've been growing my hair out a lot, and she locked I it said, for me oh, about really? last month. And she's really good with you. Oh, what'd you say? Oh yes. Yeah, if you look at uh, if you look at some recent pictures of me on Facebook, you will see how uh, she twisted my hair and mm-hmm. been giving me lot techniques, and she's really great at that. Uh, the name of her company, I believe, is Divinely Inspired. So I would tell anybody you're growing your hair, you're Sylvia. trying to get locked up or whatever. Hit up Sylvia; she will hook you up. Oh yeah. So as we bring, so as we bring this in to a close, Tamika, what is the future? I, got, is, I just finished what do you got coming up. Play. Yes, we got this Corona um, crap. Now's a great time to be creative. So um, what you got coming up? I I sent that off to uh, someone that I had promised it to. So maybe you'll see that in December, depending on what Rona doing. Um, I am working on another film. Actually, it's already written, and I have my actors and everything. I just we can't shoot right now because we're all <laughs> caged in. It's another short film on domestic violence. It's called Generations, and um, I am also working co co partnering with a lady. Um, I'm not going to bring that information out right now because I don't know if she's ready, but um, she's writing her first. Um, well, it might not be her first play, but she's writing a play, and she wants me to direct her one-woman show. So, um, I'll be having, I'll be working on that, and um, I'll still be coaching, and I'm also working on grad school, getting, uh, getting out of North Carolina and going on and going off to grad school. So, we, we shall see. <laughs> that sounds like a super super bright future so Tamika 
So Tamika, if someone wanted to hit you up to direct their play or coaching I'm on, or on tips Facebook, or um, at um, anything, how can um, they how can they Alan, contact? And then I'm also on Instagram. It's at I Inspire Prods. Um, if you want to find me, I'm also on Instagram as Tamika So Sassy. And um, if you need to email me, I'm at the le- the number four for I Inspire Productions at gmail.com. And then um, you can also check out my website, I Inspire Productions Inc.com. Okay, and before we go, before we go, um, here's my contact information real quick. Um, you can email me my uh, email me at adq apple doll queen for the number four Christ at gmail.com adq for Christ at gmail.com. Uh, my my Twitter handle is Avenue adq underscore eighty five. Um, the play Avenue Q, love it. Um. My my Instagram is Dion Chocolate God 85 and my Facebook, you can hit me up on Facebook also. Uh, my full government name, Adrian Dion Quarles. A-D-R-I-N-D-I-O-N-Q-U-A-R-L-E-S. Now, um, Tamika, before we go, I will be remiss if I did not ask you, which the answer is pretty obvious, um. but Okay, um, where um, does it the came from uh, I this guy that from? I knew. He was a, a close friend. Um, he was like, I'm just so inspired every time I talk to you. And then, like, everybody that I've ever been close with, they keep saying, you know what? You make me want to go out and do stuff. You, you, you inspire me. And so that's where it came from. You know, I inspire. Um... Uh, it really meant a lot to me to hear them say that you know I'm not you know trying to toot my own horn or anything but I think that that's a gift that God has put inside of me to inspire and to motivate people you know even if even when I don't feel motivated or inspired myself and sometimes when I'm at my lowest you know they said to me you inspire me and I'm like okay wow well I know that this is beyond me so thank you God for this gift and I've accepted it. And I've embraced it. I inspire. So that's where it comes from. Well, good. You should accept and embrace it because you don't inspire. As I said, probably a good 3,000 times during this uh, during this talk, uh, you, you very much inspire me. You do. And I thank you very much for what you do for the culture. I thank you for what you have done for us all. Uh, I thank you for, I thank you for, I just thank you for everything, Tamika, because like I said, I would even go as far as to say that you were pretty, you were kind of like my gateway into Greensboro Theater. I did not touch Greensboro Theater um, until I did, until I unstudied for you in Sight Chronicles. So, thank you for that. Thank you for all that you do. All thank you for all that you're doing. All that you will do. 
everything. And yeah, you are definitely, definitely. Oh my this God. Be my Thank you. For and and you in case you didn't know, value, you definitely have inspired me today. I had no idea, ADQ. <laughs> I had no idea how you felt, but I appreciate, um, I appreciate the love and I appreciate the recognition and I appreciate, you know, the time and for asking me to come and, and to do your podcast, to do your show. And it really has opened my eyes to, you know, a lot of things because sometimes you don't feel, you don't feel like it, you know, this quarantine can play, play tricks on your mind, but, you know, thanks for reminding me, you know, thanks for reminding me, you know, of what God put in, inside of me and, and, and what he put inside of you, you know, th- you're doing a great thing, you know, we are doing a great thing. This is a great, great outlet for you. I'm proud of you and keep up the good work. And I'm excited to see all that you got coming, sir. <laughs> Thank you, ma'am. I greatly appreciate that. And likewise, no like I'm going to give you your flowers while you vertical. Give them their flowers while you vertical. That's another tagline, too. All right. All well, right. Thank you again, Tamika. You have a wonderful, 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 incredible day. Now, I-